0: Hello, everyone, welcome to the latest Pensions in 10 with me, David Brooks, and my colleague, Simon Q. This week, we talk you through the latest consultation from the DWP on options for DB schemes. We have the latest news from the Pensions Regulator and the Pensions Credit Boost, um, which could be available to members up until the 5th of March 2024.
1: Well, Dave, consultations used to be as rare as hen's teeth, and now they're as common as grains of sand in the Sahara Desert. Do you want to talk us through our latest consultation?
0: I do, yes, thank you. So the DWP came back on Friday afternoon, um, and the consultation is dealing with, well, they call it options for DB schemes, and so that's another phase in the conversation around what to do with pension schemes given what's happened in the last couple of years. You know, The funding has changed, so we've now got a dual issue of schemes now having surpluses, and then we have this driver from the government to help schemes continue and not necessarily um, wind up and to allow employers to benefit from the surplus that may have accrued while the scheme carries on. The current law has lots of hoops and issues and cost around um, extraction of that surplus that makes it um, uh, unattractive. Uh, of course, the government, are, are, you know from April, to have changed the tax rate for that surplus to try to make it attractive. And then there's other options now on the table to allow um, Uh, trustees and employers to agree to pay some, maybe perhaps some of the money back to the employer, and also boost members' benefits if various funding um, triggers and funding uh, scenarios are achieved. So that's interesting, so we'll have to look at that. And in addition, The government wants more consolidation in this sector. They want small schemes to um, consolidate, and they're seen as uh, coming up against commercial issues with not being able to buy out when when they want to. And so the solution that's being worked through it is Public Sector Consolidator, powered by the PPF. So the PPF would provide some of the skills and the infrastructure to do this, and this talks this consultation talks around some of the options around um, how that would work what funding position those schemes would be in um, it does seem to be that it would work that schemes could go into this arrangement whether or not they had a deficit or a surplus at that time if there's a deficit then the employer would continue to pay in for a period um, and if there's a surplus that those funds might be used to um, increase members benefits one of the big questions as well when people talk about the public sector consolidator is how the ppf is going to deal with all those different range of benefits that members may have accrued in you know the thousands of different ways that, that, that rules can be drafted. They're going to have a few ill-defined set buckets or benefit structures that members will be able to go into, hopefully easing the administrative burden on the PPF because it could be um, very challenging. I think one of our some of our initial thoughts on this, so it's only dropped you know less than 12 working hours ago. Is the speed that schemes would need to be taken on board to achieve this overall aim of of accelerated consolidation? You know, even the fastest insurers are doing around fifty deals a year, and where the resources will come from to accelerate that? You know, even if PPF did fifty a year, that's that's not a great deal in the thousand odd or so schemes we're talking about there in in scope. So the consultation will run um, until April, and we'll have to work on a response to some of those questions. There's quite a range of questions, that, so it's split between that bit, the surplus, the consolidator, and then there's also some data gathering sections as well they want to find a bit more about the market and who might be interested. Again, I think the big, we've talked about this before, but the big um, big challenge will be ensuring that this consolidator doesn't upset the market too much, um, doesn't become something that schemes would prefer to use rather than a, co- uh, a commercial consolidator or an insurer. So getting that balance is still going to be incredibly difficult.
1: And it's worth noting as well that the DWP have said that they would need uh, overriding legislation because, of course, and rules would prevent many schemes from returning a surplus to the employer, for instance. So. Um, that needs to needs to come in as well, so we need to find parliamentary time for that, which is going to be difficult. We don't yet know, of course, when the election is going to be. Uh, it has to take place before January uh, next year, off the top of my head, um, so November is kind of looking favourite, I would suggest, for an election, but you never know. We, uh, we could have a surprise sprung on us. Um, also, the, the proposed model uh, in the consultation it, it does look rather similar to the Pension Super Fund and how that was uh, proposed, uh, with the scheme just running on um, in perpetuity. Uh, the regulator didn't get very comfortable with that. So I appreciate this is dif- different. This would be effectively government backed, uh, even though the, the Pension Protection Fund technically isn't government backed. It is. Uh, so it wouldn't be allowed to fail. Um, so, yeah, we we'll, we'll wait to see what uh, comes out from the consultation responses. Uh, but there are a few interesting things in there. Th- there's also a question on sort of 100 percent coverage from PPF and employers paying a, a super levy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not very super for the employer. It'd be super for the PPF um, to ensure that their members get 100 percent coverage. I struggle to see how attractive that would be for an employer, why they would do that, because if they're a well-run company, or they believe they're a well-run company, why would they voluntarily pay more money to the PPF when uh, they're already a, a diminishing uh, pool of, of employers paying into that? Um, and if they're a badly run employer, uh, or an employer that's financially constrained, they're not gonna have the money to pay a super levy. So um, nice idea, but practically, Will it ever be taken up? I, I don't think so.
0: I think that last point, will it will ever be taken up. I still have, have doubts whether this is going to come through and be something that's a viable solution. You know, we'll still another couple of, you've just hinted at some of the political barriers with time until elections, and then by the time this stuff becomes law, you know, 2026 is their sort of goal to get this up and running. Let's presume that slips a year to 2027. And then we have a, a year or so of them really getting up to speed, and you know people getting comfortable with it. Trustees understanding it. Who's going to be the first one to go into it? I, don't know. I still have my doubts whether it's actually going to 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 write any business. So Simon, can you update us on what's been happening with the pensions regulator the last few days? Certainly can. Uh, they have blogged. They like a blog, just the yeah. pensions
1: regulator? Uh, They've blogged on ESG reporting and what trustees need to be doing. I'll give a very brief overview. Um, Their climate and sustainability lead, a chap called Mark Hill, said trustees should consider wider environmental, social and governance risks and opportunities. So ESG, not ESOG, uh, effective system of governance. the International Task Force on Nature-Related Financial Disclosures, TNFD, which was launched in 2021. Um, they've got a reporting framework, uh, so the regulator wants trustees to look at that, which is building on the work of the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, TCFD, uh, because we, we do love these, uh, these uh, initialisms. Um, trustees should already take into account financially material considerations over the appropriate time scan span of their investments. They also refer to the Transition Plan Task Force, TPT. Um, what they're doing, they're throwing an awful lot at trustees to say broadly, ESG, take it into account, um, it's part of your business as usual, absolutely fine. What I'd really want from the regulator, though, is to take all of these initiatives uh, that they're referring to, go away, do your own homework, and then come back to trustees with a piece of guidance that actually says, we've looked at all of these and we believe these are the key things that you need to be doing as trustees to protect your members and to uh, take into account ESG factors. They're not doing that. They're just throwing loads of literature at uh, trustees and saying, go away and and make it right. Um, And then if a trustee gets it wrong, the regulator will then go, well, we told you, we told you what to do and you've not done it. Um, I don't think it's fair on trustees, quite frankly, for the regulator to do this. Is it right that we're focusing on ESG? Absolutely. I mean, we we all know about the environmental and social factors out there that need attending to and, and some are not being. So I'm not, I'm not knocking ESG in the slightest. I say i just think the regulators should go away do their own homework and then come back and say what they actually want what does good look like from a trustee perspective and from the regulators perspective another thing that the regulators done they've announced and i'm just looking to my left because it's on another screen i've got three screens going um it's all very uh, very high tech um they are making and i've got to be careful how i say this a strategic shift Uh, in its oversight of the workplace pensions market. um, A big announcement, they're sort of rejigging some of the directorates down there. I don't think it's gonna look particularly different if I'm being entirely honest. Um, It would be great to see an organogram before and after. I don't think there's gonna be much change really. Um, We don't know who's gonna be in post yet. Um, I've got my guesses. Um, And if anyone wants to talk to me offline about those, I'm happy to go through it. yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna see a great deal of change. Um, the big focus though in the statement is on consolidation. I think we've got more to come from this. We've we've spoken about the, the consultation um, just now, Dave. Um, it's, it's all about consolidation. And we already know that Rachel Reeves has said that she would like to give the regulator powers to force consolidation if Labour win the next election. So it's another one where we have to watch this space, Dave.
0: Before we go, Simon, I just wanted to add for any trustees um, listening that there's a deadline of the 5th of March 2024, whereby um, members can apply for uh, pensions credit top up. So a living, a cost of living boost of £299. So basically anyone who's listening that has any member communications going out in the next few days, you may want to include something to remind your members that they can get up to £299, but they have to apply by the 5th of March 2024. And um, we'll put a link, I'll, I'll comment and put a link in the, uh, on the LinkedIn post to, to signpost towards that. Absolutely,
1: Dave, I agree. I didn't realise we'd gone into public service broadcasting now, but uh, thanks for that. Thanks to all of our viewers and listeners. Uh, we very much look forward to seeing you next week.